Hello, and welcome to the Southwest Bible Study Podcast. My name is Dave Hess, and we'll be continuing in the D6 Bible Study series. Our theme for this quarter is God Honors Obedience. Today's lesson is called, Even When It Doesn't Make Sense. And our Bible study text is Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 27. As you begin reading, you'll find out the stories about Jericho. As a fours and fives Sunday school teacher, I've taught this lesson dozens of times. It's a great time to learn about following God's directions. Many times we have acted out the march around Jericho using building blocks. We have a large collection of cardboard bricks in the educational resource room that can be stacked up nearly as tall as a four-year-old. What fun it is to march around the walls of the city and knock them down at the end. To make it more fun, we build paper horns for the kids to blow. Four- and five-year-olds can make a lot of racket. God provided his people with an unusual battle plan. God required their trust and obedience. Our objective today is to show that when we obey God's word and trust him, he will give us success. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. You know, God's ways might not always seem to make sense, but they do lead to success. God is faithful and keeps his promises. If you will remember last week in Mike Anderson's lesson, a promise was made to Rahab and her family. Rahab was the one who hid the two spies that Joshua sent into Jericho. They agreed to save her family on two conditions. One, that she would have a red scarlet cord in the window, and that two, her family would be in the house. Later, we'll see that that promise was kept. Have you ever seen instructions that did not make sense? Maybe a piece of furniture from Ikea? Well, here's a good example from the 1962 Honda Motor Company instruction booklet. You motorcycle fans might want to really pay attention to this. How to Ride Motorcycles, 1962 Safety Rules from Honda. Number one, at the rise of the hand by policemen, Stop rapidly. Do not pass him by or otherwise disrespect him. Number two, when a passenger of the foot hooves in sight, tootle the horn trumpet maliciously at first. If he still obstacles your passage, tootle him with vigor and express by word of mouth, warning high, high. Number three, beware of wandering horse that he shall not take fright as you pass him. Do not explode the exhaust box at him. Go smoothly by. Number four, give big space to the festive dog that makes sport in roadway. Avoid entanglement of dog with wheel spokes. And last, number five, go soothingly on grease mud as there lurks the skid demon. Press the brake foot as you roll around the corners and save the collapse and tie-up. I know that part of the confusion was translation, but how did you feel after hearing those instructions? Did it make sense? You know, even God's instructions sometimes don't make sense to us. Today we will be looking at some instructions that God gave Joshua. 
it definitely required the trust of God's people. Let's begin by starting in chapter uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and their rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that are in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all those who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young, old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all those who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers, and all who belonged to her. 
they brought out the entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her family and all those who belonged to her because she hid the men that had sent as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced this solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the man who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, will he lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, will he set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. God's people followed his instructions, and God kept his promise. I find it interesting that the city of Jericho did not send out anybody to ask what the Israelites were doing. In Joshua chapter 2, we learn from Rahab that the people of Jericho, as well as the rest of the country of Canaan, were melting in fear because of them. They had heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea when they came out of Egypt 40 years earlier, and what they did to the Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, who God's people completely destroyed. Maybe Jericho's leaders thought that they were safe inside of their walls. Maybe they thought they had ample food and water supplies. They had withstood many attacks over the years. Interesting that in Joshua chapter 3, that even the Jordan River and its flood stages proved no defense for the Jericho on the west side of the Jordan. Just a side note that the Red Sea wasn't the only water in the Old Testament that was parted. In Joshua chapter 3, the Israelites crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. Some interesting facts about Jericho is that Jericho is one of the oldest cities on earth. It is also one of the lowest, sitting well below sea level. One mound that many archaeologists associate with Jericho covers about 10 acres, but others believe that Jericho of Joshua's day may have only covered five or six acres. Its central area sat atop a large mound built on ruins of previous versions of Jericho. A 15-foot stone wall stabilized the sides of the mound. Mud and brick walls about six feet thick and perhaps 13 to 24 feet tall stood at the top of the mound, as well as the lower outer defenses. Archaeologists disagree on the time period of Joshua's destruction of Jericho, but some interesting items that correspond to what the Bible describes have come to light from one particular set of ruins. A set of inner and outer walls, the space in between could have held housing. Material from mud brick walls that fell outside the wall, creating approaches for Israelite soldiers to run up and over the defenses. There's evidence of burning, but not much looting. Recently harvested stores of grain untouched except by fire, and there is a thick layer of ash. God's instruction to Joshua began with a simple insurance that victory was already secure. The instructions must have seemed very strange, but Joshua and the Israelites trusted in God's strategy. You or I would have never come up with this battle plan. 
the Israelites trusted in God's planning, in God's timing, and in God's presence. Are you living like the victory has already been secured? God has given us victory through Jesus Christ. Likewise, we should trust God's plan. We should trust his timing and his promise. He is with us and he requires our obedience. We rely on God's word for instructions, even when it doesn't make sense. How do you think the priests and leaders felt when they heard God's instructions? What are some things that God has asked us to do that don't seem to make sense? What about praying for enemies? How about forgiving those who hurt us? How about blessing those who curse us? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. By obeying God, we enjoy a close fellowship with him. He provides for us and blesses us richly. Alternately, disobedience brings broken fellowship, broken relationships, and the lack of the Lord's blessing. God keeps his promises, and so should we. We can trust God because he cannot lie, and he has proven over and over how faithful he is. For the word of Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Psalm 33, 4. It's important for us to keep our promises to him because it shows our children what God is like. If we are to live for Christ, we should display obedience and trust. The victory is ours. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's study in Judges chapter 4.